the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Let me tell you some of the rationalizations that we can come up with about why we could steal. They owe it to me. I'm underpaid. Or, you know, I've earned it. They don't recognize it, but I've earned it. And it won't hurt the company. They're making millions. What's a little bit to them? Or how about this rationalization? They won't miss it. The Bible absolutely forbids any of that kind of stuff. Paul says no stealing. No matter how unrecognized you are, you are never to take, ever. It's not conditional. This is an absolute standard. Back in 1976, Johnny Cash recorded a hilarious song called One Piece at a Time about a Cadillac factory worker who couldn't afford to buy one of the cars he was making. So he stole it one piece at a time over a period of 24 years. Someone actually built that car for a promotional. I saw a picture of it and it was a very strange looking car. That might sound like pretty extreme pilfering, but the reality is often worse. The company I used to work for bought a small factory in Southern California. The first thing we had to do was fix their security because believe it or not, they were actually missing a forklift. But whether you steal a forklift, a car, or an ink pen, it is still stealing. The Bible clearly forbids that, and as Pastor Steve just said, there are no exceptions. Pastor Steve is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. He has been the teaching pastor there since 1981, and now his ministry has expanded to also include these daily radio Bible classes that we call Verse by Verse. Today's class was the conclusion of a message about the characteristics of godly employees. It's also the conclusion of our Verse by Verse investigation of Titus chapter 2. In our last class, we talked about one characteristic of godly employees. They submit to their employers. Let's open our Bibles to Titus chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. We just gave a preview of one more trait to be found in godly workers. They don't steal. But these verses have much more to say about God's standards for employees. Secondly, the second characteristic of a godly employee is that this, a godly worker is pleasing, well-pleasing to his boss. Notice Paul goes on in verse 9, after saying, submit, be subject to your own masters and everything, he says to be well-pleasing and not argumentative. Be well-pleasing, to be well-pleasing. Now, what does Paul mean by this? To be well-pleasing means this, the goal of a servant, worker, employee is to fully satisfy the one they work for. It's to please them, to be acceptable to them. It's the same word used in the New Testament, pleasing the Lord. Being a, This is your acceptable service to Him. Just as a believer should be eager to please God by his behavior, so a worker should be eager to please his employer. That's, that's what Paul is teaching. Now, how do we do this? 
How do you actually please an employee, uh, employer? Rather, Let's look back again at Colossians chapter 3, and uh, we're, we're given some insight about that. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 22, Paul says, Slaves, in all things, obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart. Notice that phrase, sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. The expression sincerity of heart means to do your work with singleness of heart and mind. It means that, that on your employer's time, you are to be singularly devoted to his or her interests. That's, that's the thought. Now, practically speaking, what does this mean? It means put in an honest day's work. It means give all your energy and attention to doing what the boss says. It means do the best that you can. It means work as hard as you can. Give your energy to it and don't be distracted by your own self-interest. Now, what could be your self-interest? Well, sometimes Christians think that it's their job to evangelize on their boss's time. No, it, it really is not. Evangelize on your own time. You aren't being paid to evangelize. You are being paid to do whatever the boss tells you to do. Now, if the boss tells you to evangelize, then do it. But I doubt that he's going to do that. You should evangelize, as I said, on your own time. If not, then you end up being a poor testimony. You are there to do whatever the boss tells you to do. On your own time, you do whatever you want to do. But not then. So you can please the Lord by working to please your, your, bo- your boss by giving your all on the job. Do you do that? Will you wake up tomorrow with an attitude that says, look, I'm going to give my all because I'm, I'm serving the Lord and I want to be pleasing to my boss. Not to get a raise, not for the wrong motives, but pleasing because this is what God's word says. But there's another way that you can please your employer and it's found really in the text. Notice verse 9 again says, to be well-pleasing, and then Paul adds, not argumentative. And that goes with well-pleasing. Not argumentative. The Greek word literally means to speak against, but the thought here is to answer back, to talk back. Putting it bluntly, Paul is saying we're not to mouth off to our boss. Don't mouth off. Don't resist authority. Don't be rebellious. See, it goes beyond verbally talking back. The concept of being argumentative carries with it the attitudes of rebelliousness, resistance, and that's what Paul is getting at. In fact, in the New Testament, this word is translated contradict, uh, obstinate, hostility, even rebellion. It's translated that way. If you want to be well-pleasing to those you work for, then don't argue with them. Don't argue with them. Do as you're told. Don't resist their orders because this is rebellion. This is rebellion. And not only does it not please your boss, it doesn't please the Lord either. And and this must have been going on and we know it goes on today. Yeah, but, yeah, no, I don't think we ought to do this. And, And there's that resistance there. Now, We want to balance this. This does not mean that you cannot express your opinions. It does not mean that you can't appeal to your boss in a respectful manner. It does not mean that you can't stand up for your biblical convictions. It doesn't mean that at all. But it does mean that when management makes a final decision that you need to comply with it. No matter how unfair you think it is, no matter how unreasonable it may seem to you, and by complying I mean don't do it with grumbling, don't do do it with complaining, That's what Paul means about don't be argumentative. Just do it. You really need to come to grips with the fact that God is sovereign. And in his sovereignty, he has put this employer over you. And God is working through this employer, even if the employer doesn't know Christ. Now, let me tell you 
where it is very, very easy to disregard this command and uh, to, this command to not be argumentative. And it's this way, and it's in this situation when you work for a Christian boss. That's when this becomes relatively easy to disregard because we tend to take a little more liberty with Christian bosses, don't we? We tend to relax the standards because after all, you know, he or she's a Christian. He'll understand if we speak freely to him. Uh, there's certain privileges. Certainly no Christian would fire another Christian. And, and, and we go to the same church. I mean, I can't imagine that he or she would fire me. Sure, we're, we're brothers in the Lord. We take communion together. Let me just point you to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let me point you back to 1 Timothy chapter 6. This is very important because some of you do work for Christians and you do need to understand that the natural tendency is to kind of take it easy with this, to talk freely and to maybe overstep our, our lines and bounds. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Paul says, Let all who are under the yoke as slaves regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and our doctrine may not be spoken against. And let those who have believers as their masters not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren, but let them serve them all the more because they, uh, because those who partake of the benefit are believers. And beloved, teach and preach these principles. What's he saying? What he's saying is this. If you work for a Christian don't take advantage of them. If anything, you need to work harder for them because they're part of your family. We work harder for family members. If it's possible to even work harder, then work harder. Don't slack off or mouth off because you think, well, as I said before, we're in the same church. We have fellowship. We're very close friends. You don't have the right to slack off. You are commanded to work harder than ever and show respect. So, We've seen two characteristics of godly employees. Number one, a godly worker is submissive, and I trust that you will have a heart's desire to be submissive. Number two, a godly worker is pleasing, and I trust that you will have a desire to please your boss with the right motives, not talking back. Do whatever he or she wants. Why? Because he or she wants it. That's why. And if you can't handle that, then find some other place of employment. But number three... The third characteristic of a godly worker is being dependable. A godly worker is dependable. The beginning of verse 10. Not pilfering, Paul says. Not pilfering. Now, we don't use the word pilfering very much these days. But basically, it means to steal. It's petty theft is what pilfering is. Not grand larceny, but it is petty theft. Paul doesn't want slaves to steal from their masters. And you know, that was very a very common occurrence a very easy thing, relatively easy thing to do back then uh, because slaves were entrusted with so much. The, some slaves absolutely ran the master's household and they had plenty of opportunities to take either money, jewelry, food, um, any valuables that, that they could get their hands on and those things were generally entrusted to their care and they could steal and they did steal. And you know what? It's really no different today in terms of a principle Employees often have access to company funds, to uh, materials that they can uh, that can be taken or used for personal for personal use. In fact, one Bible teacher put it this way: He said, "Employees pilfer by such means as submitting inflated timesheets and expense reports, taking office supplies home for personal use, 
making unauthorized calls on the phone, on the office phone, and taking unauthorized trips in the company car. When Christians do such things, their actions not only are unethical and damage their employer financially, but also are unspiritual and do damage to the Lord's name and to their testimony. Some wise words. So this certainly does apply to us. Now, it's relatively easy, I want you to know, to rationalize this away. And let me tell you some of the rationalizations that we can come up with uh, about why we could, we could steal. How about this? They owe it to me. I'm underpaid. They owe it to me. Or, you know, I've earned it. They don't recognize it, but I've earned it. And it won't hurt the company. They're making millions. What's a little bit to them? Or how about this? You know what? This year, I made a lot of money for this company. And um, I just have my underpaid salary. But look at the money I made for them. Or how about this rationalization? They won't miss it. Doesn't matter to them. Or how about this? And I've heard this. I'll just borrow it, and later on, I'll pay it back. The Bible absolutely forbids any of that kind of stuff. Paul says, no stealing. God's people are never to take anything that doesn't belong to them. Never rationalize this away. Never excuse it. It's just wrong. No matter how unfair your boss is, no matter how much money you did make for the company, no matter how unrecognized you are, you are never to take, ever. It's not conditional. This is an absolute standard. And that's why the next phrase in verse 10 says this. It all comes together. Paul says, not pilfering, but showing all good faith. Showing all good faith. Now, what does he mean? In other words, instead of robbing from your boss, you should be faithful, reliable, and trustworthy. The, the good faith that Paul is talking about here is not your personal faith in Jesus Christ, not salvation faith. It, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not your trust in Christ, but he's talking about being faithful, being trustworthy of all that the boss in trust to you. In other words, show that you can be fully trusted. Prove it to them that you are loyal, that there should be no doubt about your ethics and your loyalty to your boss. And when Paul says showing all good faith, he means that you are to demonstrate it, prove it over the course of time, prove it that you're loyal and faithful. How tragic it is when Christians don't obey this. They give Christianity such a rotten testimony and the, the world looks at it and says, yeah, well, they're just like everybody else. Horrible situation. They're just as shady and distrustful as the other workers I have. So Paul has told us how to please God in the marketplace. You want to please the Lord? Then you need to be submissive. You need to be pleasing to your boss. And you need to be dependable. Don't steal. Don't take what doesn't belong to you. Now, why is this so important? Well, obviously, because this pleases God, but there's another reason here. After all, you might think, isn't the purpose of work just to make money so I can live? No, it's not. No, it's not. I mean, that's part of God's way, but that's not the primary reason. The end of verse 10 tells us why this is so important, and, and this is what you really need to, to get nailed down. The reason that you may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in every respect. The reason that you want to live such a life of virtue and holiness at work before your employer and before your fellow workers is so you make the Christian message attractive to them. Paul says, adorn it. Adorn it. You know what that word adorn means? It's, it, we get our, it literally means to arrange in an orderly fashion. 
But you know what English word we get from, from this uh, Greek word that's uh, translated as Zorn? We get our English word cosmetics. You know, when a woman arranges her face. Cosmetics. Now, why does a woman wear cosmetics? To make her look more attractive. That's why she wears cosmetics. You and I are to adorn, to put on submission, the doctrines of submission, well-pleasing and dependability in order to make the Christian message attractive. That is what we wear. We wear truth. What makes God's message of salvation in the church attractive and beautiful to unbelievers? It's the virtue and holiness that you exhibit at work. Submission, well-pleasing, dependability. See, one of the greatest mission fields, and we talked a little bit, Paul led us in the prayer about missions and uh, Dave and Valerie leaving for the mission field, but you should know that one of the greatest mission fields for evangelism is where you work. That is your field. It's where you work. That's where unbelievers observe you. Do you realize the impact that you have either for Christ or against Christ at work? This is the opportunity you have in all kinds of situations. At work, they'll observe whether you're patient or impatient. They'll observe whether you're caring or uncaring. They'll observe whether you are giving or selfish. They'll observe whether you are honest or dishonest. They will observe whether you are clean in your language or you are vulgar. That's your mission field. And what Paul is saying is the purpose of being a godly worker at, uh, at that place is to adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. Why does he say God our Savior? I think the thought is this. God is our Savior. But by making the gospel attractive, by wearing it uh, to the workplace, then hopefully your boss will say, that's so attractive, I want God as my Savior. The whole point here is evangelism. The whole point is evangelism. That's why we must adorn the doctrine of, of God. And how do we do it? I'm telling you, by being submissive, by being pleasing, by being dependable. Now, that's Paul's message, and that's my message. And you are faced this morning with one question. Will you obey this or not? Will you think more about self-interest, more about making money, more about your pension plans, more about all those things, rather than adorning the doctrine of God? What I'm going to do right now is to give us a few moments of silence, a few moments of, of for you to be quiet and get things straightened between you and the Lord. You need to be different tomorrow when you go to work. And this is your opportunity to tell the Lord where perhaps you've blown it and you need to repent. Maybe you need to ask forgiveness for a boss. And this is your time to be quiet before him and ask God to build these truths into your lives. I wonder while we're quiet before the Lord, I wonder if tomorrow things will be different for you at work. Maybe not circumstances, but how about attitudes? Will you go in with an attitude of being totally submissive, well-pleasing, without arguing? Without arguing. Do you need to take your boss aside and ask forgiveness? It's a humbling thing. But we have sung the theme this morning, if you notice in your hymns, has been to be, to be like Jesus. Humility is to be like Jesus. Have you been resisting your boss's authority? Have you been stealing even little things? Give it back. Make restitution. Will you see your submission 
as submission to Christ. He's really the boss. You need to be different. You need to have the best testimony at work tomorrow. And not only tomorrow, but every day. And I would warn you, don't expect that circumstances will get great when you submit. It may get worse. It may be God testing you to see whether you're really serious about this. And I say to those of you who don't know Jesus Christ, have you been attracted to Christ by the adornment of anybody? Haven't you seen in Christians a difference? Haven't you seen in them a willingness to to bend over backwards to do whatever you want? Haven't you seen in them a different attitude, a sweet spirit? If you have, then they've made the gospel attractive to you. And you need to take that one more step and trust Jesus Christ because he is so attractive. He is God our Savior, and he'd like to be God your Savior. And I invite anyone here who's never trusted Christ to come up after the morning service. One of our leaders will be up at the front, and you can speak to him about accepting Christ. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's relevant, it's living, it's powerful, and it can change us. And Lord, while we are not technically slaves today, certainly all of these truths apply to us. I pray for every student in here, Lord. I pray for every student who struggles with the teacher, struggles with authority. They they will think differently. They will see it in a new, fresh way that they've never seen it before. And Lord, that life would be so much easier for them when they come to grips with this. I pray for every employee, Lord, difficult situations. Some work for very hard bosses, some very unreasonable individuals, some are grossly underpaid, some are are just treated basically as slaves of the company. I pray that as Christians, Lord, we would um, adorn these doctrines and be different, and really our testimony would be so profound Lord, not in a phony way, but in a way that people would really see the difference and would speak to us about their need for Christ. I also pray you'll draw to yourself those who need you. Lord, may they put uh, things together as they are attracted to the gospel by the behavior of someone they know. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, and thank you, Pastor Steve, for another helpful series of Bible lessons. When I became a supervisor in my previous career, they sent me to a management class. One thing the teacher said really caught my attention. He boiled down the responsibility of every employee to one simple phrase, your job is to make your boss look good. But of course, he stopped short of mentioning who is the ultimate boss for the Christ follower. The one we need to make look good is the Lord Jesus. No matter if you're a husband, a wife, a student, a teacher, a supervisor, a factory worker, applying the truths that we have been learning from chapter 2 of Titus will make our Lord look good. And it will almost certainly make life easier for us and those around us. Not always, but usually. We are glad you could join us today for Verse by Verse. My name is Peter Silseth, and our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor at Lakeside since 1981, and now we at Verse by Verse Ministries have the pleasure of making his clear, practical messages available over the radio. 
We are a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who are first faithful to their own churches. If you are ever in the Clearwater area on a Sunday morning, how about worshiping with us? Pastor Steve would love to meet you. Lakeside is at 1893 Sunset Point Road, midway between U.S. 19 and the beaches. Today's class was the conclusion of a two-part message. You can order a CD or a cassette with the whole message by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. If you would like to hear today's class or any of the previous programs, please stop by our website, versebyverseradio.org. While you are there, you might like to sign up for our free podcasting service or our complimentary newsletter. That's versebyverseradio.org. Please join us for our next Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve will be launching into a fresh series of lessons that I'm sure you will find helpful as you seek to know and serve God more fully. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse by We're here to give you strength between Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.